Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio presented by Morgan Stanley. Our show this week, we have a great look inside the hit Apple TV Plus series, Ted Lasso. It's won multiple Emmy Awards. New episodes of the acclaimed comedy premiere weekly on Wednesdays through May 31st on Apple TV+. Plus. Joining me from the show, we've got Nick Muhammad, who plays Nate Shelley, Phil Dunster, who plays Jamie Tart, and then James Lance and Jeremy Swift, who play Trent Krim and Leslie Higgins. Season three of Ted Lasso has been my favorite so far. In season three, episode six is my favorite of the three seasons so far. Just a great, great episode. Griggs, I know you like Ted Lasso too. We're big fans here on Sports Business Radio. So when we were offered up the opportunity to talk to several members of the cast at the halfway point of what looks like the final season of Ted Lasso, we couldn't turn it down. Yeah, you can't turn it down. It's definitely uh, my one of my top shows that's going on right now. It's just... I love how they the casting is so just it's so it's perfect. Every single person on the show is just perfectly casted, and they meld them together so well. Uh, it's produced really well. Uh, episode six is in Amsterdam, which is great. I've been there when I was in high school. I love that city, so it was fun seeing that again. And uh, yeah, just the whole show has so many cool storylines, and you're seeing these things develop, and uh, it's great. It's it's well written and fun to have the guys on. So some great behind the scenes from the show shared by the cast members that I interviewed. This week, I'll even say I'm not going to call it a blatant spoiler, but Nick Muhammad kind of gives a little bit of a hint is how season three might wrap up. So listen very closely to the interview with Nick Muhammad. Um, I just love all the cast members that we had on. Thank them for joining us. And it was a lot of fun. So I think you'll enjoy these conversations. But Greg's a super busy week in the world of sports business. Let's get to some headlines before we get to the interviews. Headline number one, the NFL draft is starting this Thursday in Kansas City. 300,000 people are expected to attend the draft in person in Kansas City. That would be an all-time record. 10 million more are scheduled to watch on TV. And there's a lot of uncertainty around the number one pick, the Carolina Panthers made a big trade with the Chicago Bears about six weeks ago to acquire that number one pick. Who are they going to take? Is it going to be a quarterback like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? 
Will Levi's? Is it going to be someone else? Um, there's going to be a lot of movement towards the top. A lot of people trying to get into that Arizona Cardinals spot at number three because the Cardinals already have a quarterback in Kyle uh, Murray. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this shapes out. But I think it's going to provide lots of drama because there is so much uncertainty. Yeah, I mean, look, the NFL draft has now become a spectacle every year. I mean, you tune yep. into it because you never know what's going to happen. It's like a four-day process. It's this big, long, epic, you know, They and they do such a great job, you know, packaging it on TV. And now, like you mentioned, so many people going in person. Kansas City, obviously, a huge football market, so uh, they are there to rock that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's always the uncertainty of, you know, quarterback, do we get a big lineman? Do we get a, a rusher? What do we do? Uh, I think quarterbacks usually uh, in past go, go, you know, first and foremost, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's always fun to watch. I'm tuning in. All right. Another big piece of news from the NFL. Finally, finally, Aaron Rodgers has been <laughs> traded from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets. He had to go into the darkness cave here in Oregon. Uh, he had to visit with the owners. I mean, there was so much drama around this. Is he going to retire? Is he going to play for the Jets? Is he going to play for the Packers? What's the compensation? Well, here's the compensation. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers, they get pick number 15, they get a 2023 fifth round pick, which is number 170 overall. The Packers get pick number 13, so they move up two spots, a 2023 second round pick, a sixth round pick, a conditional 2024 second round pick that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this year. Griggs, I think, Aaron Rodgers still might have a year left in him, maybe two, but there was no one else bidding for Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers got a pretty good deal here because the Jets were basically bidding against themselves. So anytime there's no one else in the process and you're the only one in the process and you can still extract some value for a quarterback who might play for one or two more years, granted it's Aaron Rodgers, I think it's a pretty good deal for the Packers, um, but you know we'll see. The Jets are in win-now mode. Like, If Aaron Rodgers has one or two more years left, this is like when Tom Brady went to the Bucs. You got to win now. You got to surround him with talent. You've got to go for it this year or maybe next year. But finally, this long drama is over, Griggs. Yeah, I think keyword, like you said, finally. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has the ability to draw everything out and make it so dramatic and just over the top, you know, like you said, going to the cave in Oregon and all these things to find decisions and where he wants to play and just drawing it out forever. Frankly, I think the Packers are probably happy to get rid of him and can move on because I think he was just he was just kind of a, a cancer last year. He felt like people weren't clicking with him and it just wasn't right. He was angry after every play. That's not good for your team when your leader is out there doing that stuff. So I think the Packers win on this. And like you said, Jets, do they get a year? Do they get two? Does he stay healthy? Does he retire in a couple years? Big market. New York obviously will package it well, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how long he can last in, in NYC. I'll tell you, the best competition is going to be Aaron Rodgers versus the New York City media. That's going to be something <laughs> right. to watch. You're not in Green Bay anymore, right. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so let's see how that goes over. Um, all right. NBA playoffs. Kawhi Leonard hurt again. As we record this, he's out. For game five, he missed games three and four. It's so hard when you build around these guys and you depend on them as your best players and you load manage them so that they're ready for the playoffs. And Kawhi looked great in games one and two. 
But nothing for game three, four, five. No Paul George for this entire series. The Clippers are in big trouble. The Suns are starting to gel. Um, The best series, I think, so far is the Warriors and the Kings. That continues to be close games, high scoring. Uh, De'Aaron Fox does have a fractured fingertip, so is he going to be able to play in game five? The series is tied at two. The Knicks and Lakers look like they may advance. Both teams are up 3-1 in their series, and it's great for the NBA when the two biggest media markets and iconic teams like the Knicks and the Lakers, the two most valuable franchises in the NBA, can advance in the playoffs. Um, and then, oh, my God, Jimmy Effin Butler, as Charles Barkley <laughs> calls him. Are you kidding me? 56 points against the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know that I've ever seen a game quite like that. I mean, we've watched a lot of Damian Lillard in yeah. Portland and seen him do some amazing things. But Milwaukee with Giannis, such the better team, deeper, probably a five of the top seven players in the series. But Jimmy Butler went up against Giannis, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, like three of the best defenders in the NBA, and just had him for lunch and scored 56 points, got whatever he wanted outside or inside, played great defense. He was guarding Giannis and giving up, you know, probably 100 pounds and and six inches. I don't know that I've seen a player other than Michael Jordan or maybe Kobe Bryant who has simply willed his team to a victory. And now, guess what, Griggs? The Bucs, the number one seed in the East, they're on the verge of being ousted because the heater up three, one and Jimmy knows how to close. So yes, they are, you know, uh, going to have a rough time with the number one seed. I mean, the bucks aren't going to go quietly, but I'll tell you what, this would really shake up the playoffs. I mean, I picked the bucks to win it all. Yeah. Many people picked the bucks and the nuggets or the bucks and the Suns. Most everyone had the bucks. And if they go out in round one, and frankly, if the Grizz go out in round one to the Lakers, a number two seed, Wow. I mean, we said this thing was wide open, but it really is wide open early. Yeah, that stretch in when Jimmy Butler went off. I mean, it reminded me kind of when uh, Reggie Miller had like eight, seven points in eight seconds, however it was in that one game. He just took over the game. And I tell you what, the Miami crowd was on fire. I've never yeah. seen a crowd go more crazy when he was hitting those back-to-back threes. I mean, that's so fun. I love the playoff energy. He was feeding it, doing the big, you know, <sighs> you know, yelling down the yeah. court. I love it. That That is what makes the game so fun to watch when those playoff crowds, and you see it in New York, too. They're so excited. Their team is relevant again, and they're winning games, and they're playing well, and uh, it's so fun. The injuries suck. I mean, you got to feel for the Clippers. Like, uh, you get to the, the big stage, and then all their starters are basically hurt. That That's awful, and that, that makes the game hard to watch, but Injuries happen, obviously, and uh, you got to move on. But yeah, I agree. There's been some compelling playoffs, and the eights and the sevens are winning games. It's crazy to see. One more thing I got to rip on your guy, uh, Oregon guy, uh, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're going to talk smack about LeBron, and then LeBron torches you, which you knew when he poked the bear, LeBron was going to respond. He had a 2020 game, the first of his career uh, in game, what was it, four? Um, and the Lakers won. And then Dylan Brooks doesn't do post-game interviews the last two games. So when he loses, no interviews. When he wins, hey, I'm right at the mic to be the star of the game. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You're a pro athlete. This is part of your job. Win or lose, be a pro. Yeah. Address the media. Don't hide. And, you know, I think he's taken uh, a hit 
in this series, not only because he's getting torched on the court, granted by one of the greatest players ever, but also he's not being a stand-up guy. He's not doing the interview. So people are kind of saying, hey, Dylan Brooks, if you're going to pop off, like be a man and, and take your medicine if it doesn't go your way. Not to mention, I mean, LeBron James, Dylan Brooks, not even close as far as player ability. Like, come on, Brooks, you're not going to go out and get 50 against LeBron. Let's go. I mean, be be real. So, yeah, I think yeah. bad look on him, and uh, it's not going to help his stock for sure moving forward. Well, and if I'm one of his teammates, I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. Like, why did you have to poke the bear? Like, this was going to be hard enough already, and you had to poke the bear, and give this guy even more incentive to come out and, you know, get fired up. So if you're one of the teammates, John Morant, Triple J, uh, you know, Desmond Bain, any of these guys, or even the head coach, uh, Taylor Jenkins, you're like, just shut up, Dylan Brooks. Yeah. So we'll see how that series ends, but it's pretty tough to come back from 3-1. But Knicks are up 3-1, Lakers up 3-1, Heat up 3-1, uh, Nuggets up 3-1, So uh, and Suns. Up 3-1. So a lot of teams on the brink of advancing to the next round. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. There's nothing common about you. Not your talent, your drive, your achievements, or even your challenges. You need distinctive financial strategies that match your lifestyle and career trajectory. Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment was created to address your specific needs at every stage of your career and deliver the financial education and strategies you need to help advance your game plan. They speak the language. They know your business. Morgan Stanley will work with you to achieve your goals. I've trusted Morgan Stanley with my personal wealth management for almost 20 years. Visit Morgan Stanley at morganstanley.com backslash GSE. That's morganstanley.com backslash GSE. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. All right, Griggs, this is a story we saw coming uh, for many, many months, maybe even a couple years. The A's are moving from Oakland to Las Vegas. The new ballpark could be ready by 2027. The A's closed a deal on a piece of land near the Vegas Strip. They're asking Nevada lawmakers for roughly $500 million in public funding to aid building an ultra-modern baseball stadium right off the Las Vegas Strip. It would be a retractable roof stadium, total cost about $1.5 billion. Griggs, if you're keeping track in the last, I think, five years, Oakland has now lost the Warriors, who moved to San Francisco. They have lost the Raiders, who moved to Las Vegas. And now they're going to lose the A's. My question is this. If you're the Oakland A's and you can't get into your new home until 2027, do you think anyone's going to come watch you over the next three or four seasons while you're in Oakland as a lame duck franchise? I mean, they already have small attendance. I mean, they've had some games under 10,000 fans this year. Briggs, their uh, minor league team is out drawing them on certain nights. I mean, we could be looking at like a thousand people in the seats in Oakland as the A's get ready to move to Las Vegas. This is pretty ugly for Major League Baseball. 
Not a good look. I mean, and typically California is, you know, one of the biggest markets too. I mean, it's not like Oakland's a small, but look at the teams they've had, like you just mentioned. They've had some major teams, major franchises, and uh, yeah, not a good look for baseball. Yeah, what do you do? Do you you shut the team down or do you just open it up to like, you know, all the school kids in Oakland come get front row seats? Or I mean, how do you, how do you mark that to try and get people in the stands to see somebody play? I don't know. It's just, uh, it's hard to go watch a game though too when they, they don't win. They don't. They don't hit. They don't score. They don't win. It's just uh, that's a rough spot. But how about Vegas, man? They are tearing it up. They are getting it all figured out, and that is going to be the place to be for sports here uh, in the near future. Well, and the worst kept secret, as I've said on the show, is there. There's going to be an NBA team in Vegas. Yeah. So the next two cities to add an NBA team will be Seattle and Las Vegas. Yeah. You can write it down in pen, even though it hasn't been formally announced. So yeah, Vegas has F1. They've got the Las Vegas Aces. Our friend Candace Parker is going to go play for them. Kelsey Plum, they're the defending champs. Like, it's it's all happening in Vegas. I mean, it's really interesting. It used to be taboo, right? And you couldn't bet and all of this stuff. Well, now you can bet. It's not taboo, and every team in every level is moving to Las Vegas. So you wonder, you know, I just talked about this five hundred million dollars in public funding. At what point does Vegas say nope? No more water from the spigot. Like, we can't public fund anything. You can come here, but you have to privately fund. Because already with the Raiders, there's, you know, been some talk that payments are being missed and and things of that nature. So is there going to be a saturation of the market in Las Vegas? And the other thing is someone who's originally from Arizona. I'll just point this out, Uh, you know, and I don't want to go political or anything, but if you do some reading, You might want to do some reading on the fact that in the next 10 years, there might not be any water in Nevada (laughs) or Arizona, True, (laughs) especially if they shut off access to the Colorado River. So it (laughs) might be a problem to some of the people who are living and doing business in Nevada if you need water. If you don't need water, you're good. But if you need water, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting over the next decade. So just mark this down and remember that we uh, gave this forewarning of what could be happening. Last headline, ESPN is laying off as many as 7,000 people, according to multiple reports. The layoff started this week. They're trying to cut over $5 billion from their uh, expenses. Our friend Mike Soltis, who... 43 years as the PR person for ESPN was one of the casualties of the layoffs. Really sorry to hear about that. I have always had a lot of respect for Mike Soltis. He worked with us last year on the sports PR summit, just a legend, uh, one of the best in the sports biz. So, um, you know, for anyone that we know who is being laid off and even people we don't know, like it just sucks. So it's a, it's a tough market out there right now. But that is certainly something that's uh, making headlines this week with layoffs at ESPN. Griggs, a lot of talented people are going to be out there on the market. That's very true. And I think, you know, the landscape of TV media and sports media has changed and continues to change. And there's more and more offsite and streaming and you're not needing to have as much staff necessarily. But, uh, you know, ESPN has been on the down for a long time. They've been laying off people for years. We've talked about this headline for a couple of times because they've uh, they've had these batches of layoffs over the years and it just continues to get smaller and tighter. So. Yeah, it's interesting to see. I mean, again, as we talk about, streaming is taking over and media rights and everything continues to change. So this is just part of it. All right. I want to give a plug for our show next week. This was a fun interview. Ken Golden, 
He's the focus of the new Netflix show, King of Collectibles, The Golden Touch. It starts streaming on Netflix on April 28th. This dude flies around the world on PJs with Mike Tyson, Peyton Manning, uh, Jake Paul, many others, and finds like the rare collectibles. Um, I kind of found it to be like a Shark Tank, an antique road show. Um, it's a really interesting concept, and there's going to be six episodes, 30 minutes each, but Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions is the producer of this show, and you know, Ken has some great stories. That conversation is going to be on next week's edition of Sports Business Radio, so May 2nd, um, and you know, I previewed the show, and it's really cool, and I think listeners of this show will enjoy watching that show, but I mean, it's almost like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, go out and find me the rarest item of card or clothing or memorabilia of whatever kind. And then, you know, he travels around the world on his PJ with people and, and like, negotiates with them to get that rare item. Like, I saw he has Michael Jordan's shoes from Jordan's game-winning shot against Utah in 1998. And... Like, you know, that was an iconic game. Everyone remembers that video and Bob Costas' call. And, like, he just got the shoes from MJ from that game. But he has some amazing things uh, in storage. And he's got some great stories to share. So Ken Golden, the king of collectibles, the golden touch. It's on Netflix April 28th. And he's going to be with me on our show next week. Yeah, one thing on Ken, I follow him on TikTok. And he just posted recently he's got the Jordan flu game shoes now. Yeah. Okay. Autog- autographed by Jordan because Jordan gave him to the ball boy after the game. There's video proof of him handing him to him, signing him. Wow. And Ken's got the the you know letter of authenticity, got the yeah. white gloves. So yeah, this is going to be a fun show. Great interview. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. Ken is a character. So uh, again, April 28th, King of Collectibles, The Golden Touch, Ken Golden on Netflix. Like I said, lots of stars that you'll recognize in the episodes as well. But coming up next, We've got interviews with Nick Muhammad, who plays Nate Shelley, who is now coaching West Ham on Ted Lasso. Used to be with AFC Richmond. A lot of drama around Nick. How is that going to end? And Nate Shelley. Phil Dunster, who plays maybe my favorite character on the show, Jamie Tart. I just love his accent. And, and boy, you talk about a character arc on a show from someone who started off one way and is now another way. Like, he has really developed over the three seasons of Ted Lasso. And then James Lance, who plays Trent Krim, who has a much bigger role in season three than he had in seasons one and two. And then Jeremy Swift, he's been on with us before. He plays Leslie Higgins. He was on Downton Abbey. Like Jeremy Swift is a bona fide TV star. Um, And those are the people that we have coming up from Ted Lasso. Enjoy. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. 5G is here. Is your stadium ready? From an immersive fan experience to efficient game day operations, 5G is transforming sports and entertainment. If you're ready to jumpstart your 5G transformation, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is one of the largest operators of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They provide stadiums and arenas with state-of-the-art 5G networks and support teams across the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, and NCAA. I'm constantly interacting with sports executives 
And the reason they love working with Boingo is because Boingo manages 5G and Wi-Fi networks end-to-end, offloading very stretched IT teams. Whether your stadium is looking to support mobile ticketing, cashless payment, or connected operations, Boingo has you covered. But don't just take it from me. Their customers include world-class venues like Soldier Field, State Farm Arena, Petco Park, and University of Louisville. Boingo in 5G. Now that's what I call a win-win. For a limited time, Boingo has a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. They're offering a free 5G assessment for your stadium or arena. To get started, simply email sbradio at boingo.com and mention this podcast. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. This is the world famous Skinny Bridge! <laughs> I've seen in major motion picture James Bond's Diamonds Are Forever! Right, next stop, Amsterdam's thinnest house. It's gonna blow your mind, like, come on! Get moving, lad! Woo! Here's my interview with Phil Dunster. He plays Jamie Tart 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 to the Jamie Tart Tart on Ted Lasso. Phil, thanks so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. I love your character, Jamie Tart. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Your character has evolved more than any other character on Ted Lasso, in my opinion. Uh, what's it, what has that been like for you to go from kind of the the you know the spoiled brat athlete to you're such a caring person now you're a good teammate what's that been like for you yeah it's been it's been great to 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 do that in a way that feels like it comes from a place of like real life growth uh it hasn't all just happened magically it's happened through trial and error it's happened through uh getting it wrong it's a real sort of two steps forward one step back uh storyline which for me as an actor means that it's so much more interesting. There's so many, many, many more things to sort of traverse in there. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a real joy. The other evolution we've seen is the friendship between Jamie Tart and Roy Kent. Uh, what's that been like for you? We have all kinds of fans that are saying we need a spinoff with Jamie and, and Roy. <laughs> yeah. My pitch for that is just a, just a straightforward rom-com, a real, at the minute is will they, won't they punch each other? But I think it should be will they, won't they kiss? Will they, won't they be together? Right off into the sunset together. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that he's, I mean, Brett as a creator and as a person, uh, I find is one of the most interesting people I know and is excellent at what he does. Uh, and so to have him who, you know, he's a, he's a writer on the show, so he knows it intimately well. Um, it's, it's kind of like a cheat code having him around. Hmm. All right, I've got to know, without giving away specifics, the bike scene, episode six. How many takes was that? That was one of the funniest moments of the three seasons of the show for me. Oh, wow. Thank you, man. Uh, the te- well, it's funny because we, we kind of shot it, as you can see, it's all edited together. So we had like, like an hour and a half, maybe. It was a night shoot. It was like 3 a.m. when we were shooting it. And I had a flight in like four hours after that. So I, you know, you're getting to the end of it. You're like, Oh my God. Uh, but I think we've probably had like four or five setups where they move the camera and then they shoot 
And I think they just let the camera roll and they were sh- shouting out things to do. And we had references along the way as to what to, uh, you know, beats we needed to hit. And Joe Kelly, who's one of the creators on the show, was shouting out really funny bits. And but yeah, it was like, oh man, such a treat to do that. Such a treat to do that. So Cola has been on with me before. He says you're the best dancer on the squad. Is that uh, accurate? <laughs> well, I mean, I'd say you have to ask him, but you do. I mean, you know, uh, I, I am enthusiastic. Just as I am a footballer, I'm an enthusiastic dancer. You'll probably see me sweating the most. Nice. All right, I know we have to wrap. Your Nike kits, what do you think of those? Lush. So, so nice. Um, seeing it on FIFA as well. Uh, has been probably the greatest joy of my life, probably uh, on the on the video game FIFA, uh, and yeah, it's such it was such a nice and all of the the training kit as well. It's just lovely, awesome. Phil Dunster, thank you so much. Continued success to you. Love your character, Jamie Tart. Great job. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, enjoy your day. My friend Anastasia. She wants you to call her. She was surprised you didn't ask for her number at Bones and Honey. Well, I don't want to appear too forward. Oh, um, hello. Uh, I'm glad that I've caught you. It's uh, Nathan Shelley. Uh, I really enjoyed meeting you the other night, and I was hoping that we could meet for another drink. Yeah, sorry, Mum, I'm just uh, practicing for the... Yeah, how was I? I think we should meet for another drink, it's more direct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right, love you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm joined by Nick Mohammed. He plays Nate Shelley on Ted Lasso. Uh, Nick, what has it been like to see your character evolve from the equipment manager for AFC Richmond to the head coach of, of West Ham? <laughs> well, it's been a hell of a journey and, you know, a real roller coaster. Um, I, you know, I knew about I knew about the broad trajectory of, of where Nate was headed for, for a while, you know, from early filming in season one. Um, and so I've, I, I've sort of been able to sort of anticipate what's coming. But um, but, you know, you never know how the fans of the show are going to going to react. And, you know, often I, I wasn't privy to some of the details in the script, like, you know, uh, you know, particularly how season two ended and, and that sort of speech that Nate gives to Ted and really rips into him and how sort of visceral that was. And and it quite rightly got a very, you know, equally visceral reaction. So there's been, you know, not highs and lows. It's all been highs because it's just an absolute joy to play. But there've definitely been parts of it that have been more challenging, you know, replacing a lot of what was the comedy of, of Nate with more emotional and dramatic storytelling. And, uh, you know, that, that I, I naturally find a little bit more challenging to do as a, as a, as an actor, but, um, uh, yeah, it's been an absolute ride and I've, I've, I've loved every second of it. What have you heard from West Ham nation, the real fans of West Ham about you being the coach on Ted Lasso? They like Weirdly, they like it. They're all over. It. I mean, it's really odd because obviously, AFC Richmond is a fictional team, but West Ham are a real team. So it's kind of this really odd um, uh, sort of art imitating life, this sort of blurring of, of realities. And um, But no, West Ham have been incredibly good sports. And, you know, they've sent me a kit with like my name on the back and things like that. And I'm going to go and see them play on Wednesday. And so, yeah, they've been phenomenal. And, you know, I think when whenever there's a West Ham game, you know, the law, my Twitter will always go a little bit mad because, you know, people mix the two things up but I don't in real life I don't know anything about football and so uh, I feel like it's uh, it's quite naughty of me to take any kind of credit <laughs> how's the premier league been i mean everything looks so official on the show your kits the stadium 
Like, it really looks like you're the head coach of West Ham. How's Premier League been with, you know, allowing for all of that? Um, to be honest, I, I mean, I don't know how they managed to do it. I mean, all I know is that the, the show, I mean, particularly now, the show has been obviously very successful. So I think there are a lot of people who are willing, you know, even like Nike coming on board with the kits and everything, you know, the 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 message, you know, the, the overwhelming positive message that Ted Lasso is sort of thematically believe, be curious, not judgmental, um, optimism, hope, you know, that plays into a lot of, you know, uh, brands. And, and, and so I think, you know, largely everyone has been delighted to become a part of it and including West Ham, even though they're sort of painted as sort of the villains of it. But, you know, as a result, we've got to film at some great stadiums there's been some great cameos from you know re- real live you know real uh stars within the world of football and so yeah it's it, it's been great for that i'll tell you everyone on my twitter feed is pulling for nate and jade are they okay yes yeah well, i won't give anything away you gotta keep watching no it's great um last question most memorable part of the three seasons of ted lasso for you so far um Oddly, I, I feel like, and I can't speak about it too much because it, 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 we it was the the filming that we did for episode twelve of this season. Um, the one of the last scenes for Nate, um, I won't say who it's with, but uh, but it's um it was one of the last things that I shot on, and it was on the last day of filming. And you know, I don't know whether this is is it and whether there'll be any more. But if it is, there's a certain element of kind of catharsis to it, and and the scene was effectively we weren't really acting anymore because we're all quite emotional and exhausted by by that point as well. Cause it'd been a long shoot. We'd been shooting since March and this was like November, mid November. Uh, And it was, that was very special because it felt like finally, and especially because I've known about the Nate journey for a long time, it felt that finally we'd got to the very end of this journey. And I was like, Oh, here we go. This is good. Like it feels good to kind of get this out, but yeah, I can't say exactly what it is, but yeah. Nick Muhammad continued success to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Have a great day. You too. Hey guys, good effort today. Mr. Higgins, is it true about Zava? I'm afraid so. (laughs) Maybe some tissues for Danny. Well, I'm joined by James Lance and Jeremy Swift to play Trent Krim and Leslie Higgins on the hit show Ted Lasso. Uh, James, let me start with you. Your character, Trent Krim, has taken a giant step forward in season three in the involvement of the storylines. What's that been like for you? Oh, it's been a joy. I've just loved loved um, playing the role and and being around on the set more, and it's just been great fun. You know, it's a really uh, it's a really fun arc that uh, he goes on from season one to three. By the way, your voice is someone who does podcasting and radio. Your voice is. You should be doing all the voiceover work for everything in the world right now, in my opinion. Could you please tell my voiceover agent that <laughs> as soon as possible? <laughs> Thank you. Jeremy, we've seen you play the bass in two episodes now. You love music in real life. How is that? Three episodes. Okay, so what's that been like? How has that come about where you get to play music in Ted Lasso episodes? I know, it's very cool. Um uh jason sort of asked me uh in the first season and and they were taking a bit of a risk because i didn't you know hadn't heard me play but i ended up playing it in um uh in in the end of season one and actually a little bit but you couldn't hear it at all because i wasn't amplified in the end of carol of the bells but uh yeah brendan suggested it um for this season he texted me quite early on in the year to know whether to put it in or not 
And, um, you know, I, I just love doing that because I just haven't done it very much, to be honest. I've only played with some, um, uh, with a bunch of uh, free jazz Marxists on a live radio show uh, where, the, where you just sort of went boom, 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 and you know, stuff, stuff like that. So I really haven't played with very many people. So it was, it was so cool to play with these young kids who were just astonishingly and annoyingly talented. It was a lot of fun, yeah. This is for either of you. How much say do you have in ideas around storylines for your characters on the show? I pitched a few things. Um, Higgins family go to Mars. They didn't go with that one. It was a budgetary <laughs> thing. But um, I think that they're, they're very, uh, it's usually it's usually the creatives, but they're, they're pretty cool on, uh, on, on ca- kind of character narrative and the nuance. Juno in particular marks up everything about her character. And, and I've been on set where she said, no, she, she just really wouldn't think that or say that. So, and they, and they appreciate and, and act on that. So that's very cool. James, uh, the bond of the characters and the cast on this show, you can see it on screen. I see it off screen when you're at awards and things like that. What has that been like? It's all fake. <laughs> Such good actors. <laughs> no, it is great. It's really good. Yeah, we get on really well. Um, it's a, a superb bunch of people having a kind of, uh, in a way, ride of our lives. Well, I, I can't speak for everyone on that, obviously. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, we get on great and it's a ball. Thank you so much. Continued success to you both. Thank, Thank you. you. And to you. Thank you. Thank you. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Your fantasy leagues might be over, but you can still play fantasy sports games on Underdog Fantasy. I love playing Pick'em and rivals. With Pick'em, you can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. You can win 20 times your money in a single night. You pick between two and five players to build a Pick'em entry. Also, rivals pits two players against each other. That's a lot of fun too. It could be two players on the same team. It could be two players from other teams, points, rebounds, fantasy points, It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying that with NBA games, especially right now. Sign up today with promo code SBR and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with my promo code SBR, like sports business radio, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 plus and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our team at Sports Business Radio, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and our friends at CG Sports who power Sports Business Radio, CG Young, Matt Amerlin, Nicole Wardle, and Calvin Wirtz. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. 
Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.